The biggest person that he had to stand up to in terms of my height and our relationship was his mom. Mm. Because he, she was very uncomfortable by that. And she, I remember she told me one time, she was like, you in these heels, like, why do you wear these heels? And I, I just got real quiet. Um, because I was like, I, I, I don't know how to respond. And out of like, it was almost like he darted and he was like, ma, I bought her those. Mm-hmm. And I like them very much. And it was at that moment where I was like, you can have my heart. Aww. What's up, fam? Welcome back to our channel. My name is Tim. This is my beautiful wife, Pauline, and you are tuning in to the W Podcast, where you get wisdom in a word with the realer. Hey, so we are so excited for everyone that's joining us today. First of all, can I just stop and say, we've made it to a thousand subscribers. What in the world? For those who listen on, on podcasts, on Apple, Spotify, we love you too. But we can reach to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. And we just want to say thank you. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for everyone that's ever subscribed, shared a video. Oh, um, yeah. This is a major accomplishment to us. It, it may really be small. Is. It may be small to some people, <laughs> but for us, we like, look, Lord, we so just grateful cool. to be here. Uh, so if you're somebody that's watching this and you watch our episodes but don't subscribe, why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button for us and officially join the family? Uh, but we're so excited to have you all here with us. We have a great guest yeah. today, Susanna, who is going to be breaking down a lot about how learning yourself, how getting language mm. for yourself and how you think and how you process, how that benefits your marriage. She's been married for 12 years and we're going to get into that, but I'm telling you, buckle up because honestly, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're dating or even in the workplace, and we may touch on that because that's where she specializes in, how learning yourself can help you excel in your career yeah. and your relationships. So without further ado, let me bring on Susanna. Susanna, what's up, fam? Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you. How are you doing? I am doing great. Super excited to connect with you guys tonight. So thank you so much for this opportunity to just share my story and just learn from y'all as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you probably, I don't think you got to hear my intro, but I gave them a little bit about you and kind of what you do, but I would love for you to just introduce yourself, uh, let them know how long you've been married and all that fun stuff. Sure. So hi everyone, Susanna Alba. I have been married for 12 years um, to the love of my life. We met in college um, and we have been together ever since. Uh, Ebbs and flows as with every relationship, but we are at a place right now where it's just, it's a fun ride. It's been a fun ride for sure. Um, so that's that's my married life. Professionally, I am a coach, a leadership coach for women of color who are looking to land six-figure jobs. Um, and outside of that, I'm also a mama. Yeah, we about that money over here. But um, I'm also a mama uh, and a ministry leader. Man, there's just, there's so many titles. But uh, But yeah, that's a little bit about me. So you busy. That's like the short end. It's like you out here. She's talented. Sharing all of her talents and her gifts across many different areas. Well, we're grateful for you giving us some time today. So I I want to start here. I didn't know this, but you said you and your husband met in college. Yeah. So did y'all date in college? Like were y'all college sweethearts, like stomp the yard or like he's not here to defend himself. (laughs) He's working, but you gotta you gotta 
at this point, I'm sure you know what he would say. Y'all been together for a long yeah. time. <laughs> Gotta cover his end of the story too. So our our college story is pretty interesting. So when we first met, I was a freshman and he was a sophomore. Um, and we met just because we had a lot of the same classes and a lot of, I made friends into the same kind of circle that he was. We met freshman year, but we did not start dating until senior year, mainly because, yeah, my senior year. Okay. Um, mainly because I don't know if this is going to resonate with anyone in your, in your audience. I had a list of what I thought my man was supposed to look like. Uh -oh. um, and I had to surrender that to the Lord big time. Um, and I learned it the hard way, but Eric was, and has always been my best friend. And so he saw the ebbs and flows of my previous relationship and what that looks like. Um, and then finally he was like, you know, that's not the guy for you, right? <laughs> You <laughs> just watching me stumble all over this other relationship. Like she should be with me. I would treat her best for real, for real. And like for me, it was just like we had developed such a unique friendship that I had not been exposed to those types of relationships without them um, causing problems later on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, where you're really good friends, but then later on you become item and it's like eh, it doesn't work as as an item uh so so yeah so we met in college uh and we've been together ever since okay so again we told you when we started that we just gonna flow so if you're comfortable we gotta stay here for a second i think this will help some people. yeah so you said you had to essentially rip up your list do you she said a more spiritual version? She she, she, she did, surrendered it. She surrendered it. Yes, that's great. So yeah. do you remember what was on your list? Mm. Like I'm just curious because I think a lot of people do have a list. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. and sometimes it's it's not that lists are bad in general, but sometimes our list can be superficial. So I don't know if that's what you had as far as like he gotta be six five or something like that. Or a lot of times our lists are written in ink instead of like them being written in pencil as we're growing and we're yeah. learning and you're like, oh, maybe yeah. you think you want this or you need this. But then as you get to know yourself, especially you're in college, you know, you're you're probably like late teens, early 20s, like you're you're yeah. learning yourself, too. Yeah, so very superficial, um, also very different than what I had been exposed to because I was a church girl. Um, so there was that rebellious side of me uh, that was looking for six, five, like muscles, bow, 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 oh, like all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he was on the basketball team. Um, I also am very tall, so I'm 5'11". And so to me, I wanted someone who was going to tower over me. Um, and there was this fake notion that his height meant additional protection. Um, whereas that was just not the case. Wow. Um, at least in our story. Okay. Yeah. So well, hold on, because a lot of girls do want guys who are like six five, but you actually have yeah. a reason, like you're reasonable for wanting somebody that tall. You can't be five four out here wanting a guy who's six five. That's just really right. Uh, you can right. you can do with the five nine, five ten guys. Cause I'm I'm not yeah. as tall as you. I'm five nine. I'm taller, but I'm not like the mm -hmm. tallest girl in the world. 
And I always yeah. talk about like, okay, you got to leave the taller guys for the taller girls because right. it's not fair out here, like at all. Like, for real. But for real. They don't understand. No, they don't get it. But like <laughs> one of the things that attracted me to my husband was that he was not intimidated by my height. Um, and so when we were in the dating and courting stage, I loved shoes and still very much do. They look a little different now that I'm a mom, but um, they were usually high heels that I loved. And those were things that he liked his woman to wear, despite the fact that me wearing a higher heel would make him shorter than I was. Mm. Then yeah, I would be taller in the relationship, but he was less concerned about what that view looked like and more concerned with the the solidity or the validity of our relationship. Yeah. Does that make sense? So it was it was more for him, is this person a good person? Um do they hold the same values that I hold? Um and yes, yeah, she's taller than me, but you know, is this someone that I could see myself spending time with and getting to know? Um, and so that was that was refreshing for me because while I had an interest in the taller gentleman, it just seemed like there was not that level of maturity. So how tall so is your husband? My husband is five seven, five eight. Oh, okay. See, this is good. I didn't know that. That is so you <laughs> did surrender. So oh my gosh. She said he's taller in heels. Right, but, like, the same I height. didn't know he was like taller no matter what. Like that. That's oh, yeah. So like was that a wrestle with God that you had to go through? Or or by the time you got started dating, you were kind of you were over that height thing. See, that's what I love. Yeah, that's what I love about starting with friendship, mm. genuine, true friendship. Um, because at the very beginning, like when he and I were just friends, it was like, dude, I can't date a guy who's shorter than me. Like, what do I look like? You know? Um, but by the time we had gotten serious about pursuing a relationship, there was so much more developing within us that height was just not a concern. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the things that I see a lot of people get tripped up on uh, mm -hmm. is they will throw their pearls before swine, if you will. Um, instead of clutching their pearls and yeah. waiting for the right one to to show up. So when I tell you I had to surrender my list, it was it was big time. <laughs> um, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I didn't I didn't force something that was really not going to bless me. So shout out to your husband for having that confidence. And I think I don't want people to miss that. Like, even though there was a discrepancy in height or maybe if someone's yeah. listening or watching this, there's a discrepancy in pay or whatever the discrepancy is, yeah. that isn't as important as the confidence and the, the character that's inside the person that you potentially are considering. Because honestly, as Absolutely. you suggest to, that is what matters more. Like, if your husband was 6'5", but didn't have character, your your marriage may not have made it to the 12-year mark. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that for us, it was a foundational piece because you just mentioned difference in pay, right? So there got a point in our careers once we were married where I was making more than my husband, which is also something that some people are like, oh, well, he has to provide for me and all this other stuff. Um, and there is this also notion that you can use that as a weapon against your spouse. Uh, and no one knew that unless we shared that information. Right. So I think it started with height 
And it was a preparation for what was to come. And then once we got to that place where there was an income shift, it was, we had already been through that superficial level and we passed that. So now this was just another kind of layer to develop that character within our marriage. Yeah, that's good. And we'll move on to other stuff, but I'm, we just stuck here right now because it's so good. So yeah, go for it. You talked about how there was a pay difference for you all in your marriage. What would you say to somebody right now who, honestly, maybe even from both sides, and this is why I'm thinking about this, because I saw a tweet the other day, and this woman was saying how she was on a date, and the guy kept asking her, like, you know, would you be okay dating a man who makes less than you? And she was like, Mm -hmm. I am. (laughs) Like, she said that to him on the date, uh, because he Mm -hmm. had mentioned his salary several times. And I feel like it can be an insecurity on both sides, whether it be from the man who is struggling to be able to date somebody who is making more than them or from the woman who does have that perspective of like, I need a man who makes more than me. Was that something that you struggled with? It's just mentally of, of you were already married at that point, but was that an issue for mm-hmm. you that you had to work out and how did you do it? If so. Yeah. So what helped us was that at one point he was always like, he was always making more mm-hmm. um, in our marriage. And finally, and Eric, Eric has been my biggest supporter and cheerleader. And so there had always been a space where we felt safe um, surrounding finances. And it it took a lot of work to get to that place where finances was not a point of contention, but it was something that we could have an open discussion about and what that would look like. Um, I also believe that there is power in the tongue. Uh, And so this wasn't just name it, claim it, kind of situation. My husband had seen how hard I had worked, um, the accolades that I was receiving, the the amount of time that I was putting in. So he was just like, of course you deserve to make that. Of course you do. Um, But prior to getting to that place, my husband also I had been championing him within his career. Babe, go for it. Yes, absolutely apply. Yes, you can do it. So it wasn't a point of, well, I'm going to use this against you or I can't be with you anymore because you're not on my same level. I think, again, there needs to be a lot of communication and really managing expectations. And I don't know that many people have gotten to that place where they have learned to manage expectations within a marriage relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So moving along in your story, you all started dating. How long did you all date before you actually married? So we dated, I want to say we we dated about four years and there was a two year gap in between. What do you mean? So we dated. Is it six with the gap? So we dated for two. Yeah. And then we had like a 18 month gap. And then we got back together and were together for two years before we got married. Um, And in that gap, there was a lot of growing that needed to happen for both Eric and Susanna. Um, I was coming from this place of, I'm going to rule the world. I'm going to become the chief executive vice president of the world. (laughs) And nobody's going to slow me down. And I was just really career ambitious. Um, And he he wasn't sure that he wanted to be with someone who was so career ambitious and not willing to be a part of relationship. Um, And so there were areas within him that he also had to, had to grow and develop um, during that time. 
Okay, so y'all took a two-year gap, uh, which yeah. is so interesting because we've talked about on our channel before, you know, should you take a break with somebody? What does that look like? So for you, what made you even comfortable getting back together? Because for some people, they break up and it's like, you really don't need to get back with that person. But what? It, how did yeah. you, okay, now it's, it's a good time for us to get back together. We've matured. How did you know that? So for me in that time frame, one of the things that I was really clear with Eric on was that I would, I was committed to never cheating on him. And if I ever felt like we were growing distant in our relationship or there were things that I needed to work out, I would initiate that so that I could be honest and true to the vow that I would not cheat. Um, and I had gotten to a place where I was just like, is this really what I want? Is this, is this really the path that I, that I want to go down? Is this someone that I can see myself spending forever with? Because I didn't want to just go into a marriage relationship just because of my culture. So to give you a little bit of background, I'm, I'm from the Caribbean, um, and, Caribbeans, you get married on Saturday, you get pregnant by Sunday, you have your child by Thursday, and then it's happily ever after. Um, and so there was also this outside pressure because I was much older, um, because my sisters were married. And so I did not want to continue to pursue a relationship without being really clear if this was the right fit. Um, and if this was aligned with God's plan and purpose for me. At this point, it was like, I really enjoy spending time with him, being around him. Um, I feel like there are areas where he makes me better, but I don't know that I want to do this forever. Like he's a really great friend. I don't know if I'm ready to just be married to him. From his, from his standpoint, um, he was trying to figure out which route in terms of employment he wanted to go, if he was going to take over his father's business, or if he was going to pursue something really different. Um, and we had just difference of opinions, but I could not want a decision for him more than he wanted that decision for himself. And I think that I had seen too many of my friends get with someone under the impression that I can fix him or fix yeah. her as we go. So good. And I'm so not about that. <laughs> How did you like, that's, that's such a good thing, especially for women, because we do tend to be like the fixers or like people do have this um, kind of like unloving, you know, like approach mm -hmm. that the world and TV has taught us like, oh, once you get married, things will change. Once you have children, he'll change. And like yeah. people do change, of course, because we're people, but you shouldn't marry Absolutely. somebody with like kind of the expectation that you're going to fix them. Cause it's kind of like a weird lording over them type of thing. Like, oh, I'm going to make you better yeah. into like my idea of what you should be like instead of just loving somebody for who they are. So how did you kind of like surrender that to God or how did your mindset change um, before you all started to get married? So that you could enjoy your marriage and enjoy your husband for who he is. But then also yeah. kind of like, because what I hear you saying was there was, there was fear. There was fear that you were kind yeah. of with. Um, and I think a lot of women have that. So since you, you were so career focused at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the way that I got over that was 
<laughs> was really two ways. Um, the first was after that year, like the first year that we were on our gap, um, I had become so career driven, but I missed my friend. Um, and so there were things that happened where it was like, okay, I'll meet this other guy for like drink, well, not drinks because I wasn't drinking, um, but like for dinner or for something like that. Um, but it was in a social environment and it was like, I would find myself comparing this individual to what I knew my heart was after. That was number one. And then again, because I've been in the church the whole time, um, I was very clear with the Lord in terms of how I prayed for Eric. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if this is not the man for me, then make him disappear. If this is not your good and perfect will for me, then move him out of my path. Mm. And that is a scary prayer to pray. Yeah, because you especially, especially when you are in love. Right. Uh, and so he didn't disappear. <laughs> Now, what was your uh -huh. relationship like during that break? Like, did you guys, were you still friendly? Did you speak at all? Like, what were, what was your relationship yeah. like in that 18 months? So it was, it was a bit of a roller coaster just because by this point, a lot of the friends that we had were in the same kind of circles. Um, and so for birthday celebrations or for um, weddings that we saw, it was, we were going to run into each other at some point. It was never like, um, brood or fighting or anything like that. It was cordial. Um, but both of us got to a point where it was like, man, I really just miss hanging out with you and talking with you. Um, and so that was how that, that happened between the two of us. Whenever we would run into each other, it was almost like there was no love lost. Um, and by the time we got back together again, it was just like, okay, now we know that this is the right path for us to be down. Yeah. Kind of like the boomerang thing. Like, or what's the saying? Like, if you love somebody, let them go. If they yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not biblical. So I'm not like standing behind it. No, no, you're good. You're good. I get what you're saying. <laughs> so you all eventually get back together. And then you were telling us before yeah. we started recording and would love for you to kind of go into it now, how you got married and the first three years of marriage wasn't, what it is now so kind of walk us yeah. through that yeah so it was two kingdoms becoming one I had so been used to living on my own making decisions for Susanna um going where Susanna fell fit uh where she really enjoyed and Eric had also had a very different kind of experience he was working at his dad's job um he was still with his parents uh, saving money where I was kind of already living on my own. So when we got together, when we got married, I was still working at a college. My background is in higher education. So I was managing a building of 200 plus students uh, and I had my own apartment. So I was used to having my own space and coming and going as I wanted to. Um, and I, like y'all, I enjoyed going out to eat. I enjoyed shopping. Um, I, for the life of me, could not understand how he could spend four hours on call of duty. It was just like, dude, I can't. Like, I don't I just, do that I either. Right? So there was, a, there was a level of adjusting that needed to take place. Um, and there was also a level of learning 
how to meld those two worlds together. Because for as much as I enjoyed being out, my husband was a homebody. Mm. I didn't figure that out until we were married. Yeah. You know, so it was like, I was ready to go. And he was like, do we have to go out again? And I'm like, yes, yes, we do. And he's like, I really don't want to. Um, So there were, there were moments where that was like a learning curve. Um, Also understanding how to unpack conversations when he didn't have a good day at work and when I didn't have a good day at work Um, and not be in a place where it's like, no, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. You know? Um, And even like simple things like understanding the things that I liked now as a married woman over the things that I liked when we were dating, because those things change. Um, So being able to just, have those conversations. Now, looking back, hindsight is always 2020. Those conversations were heavy. They were hard. We argued um, quite a bit. And then we got to a point where it was like, this should not have to be our normal. Mm. So help me understand where you are coming from. And I had to learn how to listen with the intent of actually being present to listen, to understand. Yeah. not to respond yeah that's hard because that's so, hard we want to get our point off <laughs> we all think we're right i mean yeah. of course why would you have that perspective <laughs> so i'm curious from your perspective now you know 12 years of marriage you talk about how yeah. there was things you just didn't know before you got married about your husband and his personality and, and maybe even some of your personality yeah. do you think any of that is something that you could have learned before you got married? Like, is there is there questions you could have asked or work you could have done? Or do you just think those were just natural learning pains that you were going to have to go through? Yeah, I think that for, it depends. There were probably certain areas that we could have had more clarity and more conversations about. Um, but in the same token, there are things that you don't know until you're in it, mm-hmm. right? And so one of the things that, that I think every couple has to have a conversation about is money and how you spend it and what is your vision for that? And uh, what are we looking to build? Um, And we didn't necessarily have those questions early on. It was just like, I want to go to Sephora and you're going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or it was no, this new play PlayStation is coming out. And I absolutely need to have it. You know, you know what I mean? Um, Without necessarily taking into account, okay, how is this going to get paid? How are we going to save for the future? What, what does an emergency fund look like? Should we have an emergency fund? Like those were not conversations that we had been equipped to have early on. Yeah. How did you go about, like, what did it take for you all to, because obviously you have it now. Like, where did you, yeah. for someone that's watching, it's like, I don't even know where to start. Like, where do I even find these questions? What was that like for you two? Yeah. So the first was you, I, we had to come to a place where it was, it was like, okay, what is the lie that we're choosing to believe? Are we choosing to believe that we just will never be okay financially Or are we choosing to believe that we can um, and it's just going to take some work, right? Mm -hmm. So what what were the trade-offs in in that kind of conversation? And then finding and surrounding ourselves with other couples who were at a place where we aspired to be. 
um, I I stopped taking advice from my single friends into my marriage mm. because it's just, it's a different dynamic. Um, and so for some people, it was like, oh girl, you know, especially for my, my girlfriends who were single at the time, they were like, girl, like you should be able to do this. You are an independent woman. Like, don't worry about that. And it's like, nah, sis, like, I love that you love me like that, <laughs> but it's two becoming one. Right. Um, and so we had to get really, really, uh, intentional about the boundaries that we set around our marriage around the energy that we set around our marriage. Both of us are babies in our family, meaning that we're the last the last one. And so we had our siblings to look up to when we were trying to make that type of, what we were trying to make like financial decisions. How, how would you guys navigate this? What are some of the suggestions that you would have? So be really intentional about who you surround yourself with once you are married. Because again, the dynamic has changed. Yeah. That's really good. So as you all started surrounding yourselves with other people who are ahead of you, uh, and as you started asking more questions, I know your relationship began to change and take a shift. We all started to get to know each other better. How do you yeah. feel like, because me, I told you this before we started, you know, me and Pauline, she is a verbal processor and like having mm -hmm. that language really helped our marriage so oh yeah out of finances were there other things for you where you were able to find your husband's language find how to how he communicates and like did that how much of a blessing was that to your relationship because i feel like there's so many oh. people who they're they don't want to do the work to learn themselves for whatever reason but they're not realizing that mm -hmm. not only is that hurting them now but it's going to hurt them you know when they do get into a relationship yeah. So I had to, I had to just ask. I think that that's one of the things that not too many people are willing to do. Get comfortable being uncomfortable because your spouse is going to see you completely exposed. Like there's, there's nothing that stays hidden under the sun <laughs> once you enter a marriage relationship. So I had to ask, babe, what do you think about this? Or um, this is what I'm feeling, or I am hearing you say this can you just confirm for me um, what what it is that you're trying to say? So for me, I am very much the type who is like loving and I love to be around people. I'm an encourager. Um, and while I love all of those things, attention to detail sometimes is not my strong suit. Yeah. So for my husband, it would be like, I told you that already. And I'm like, oh, you did? <laughs> I'm sorry. It, like, can you text me? <laughs> can you write that down for me? So that was something that we had to learn about each other that I, in order for me to retain information, I really have to write it down. I need to be able to take note of it. I need to put it in my phone or my calendar. Whereas Eric is very good in memorizing names and faces and where he met people. I think it's also a lot to do with his, his work. Um, but he's good in that way. Whereas for me, it's like, I will call you my love, my darling, sweetheart, um, just because I want people to feel comfortable. And it's, it's terms of endearing so that when you enter my space, you feel welcomed. But if I run into you again, I'm like, oh, what was her name? <laughs> you know, like, so, so for him, that was just like, why do you call everybody my love? Like, 
That's only my type. That's, that's that's the trick right there. People really know that. It's like, hey, babe. Hey, girl. They don't know your name. <laughs> so, you know, just kind of understanding those things. <laughs> yeah, no, that's All right. So taking a, a little bit of a shift because yeah. you mentioned earlier how you help people get money. Oh, <laughs> not just people, women of color. Yeah, you're a coach who helps women yes. of color essentially start making six figures. Is that correct? That's, is that yeah. the right? So yeah, I'm curious when you're helping someone do that, is that really a mindset thing that you're helping them shift or is it just some practical yeah. thing? I'm curious if you've seen any translation from the waste, what it needs to take place in order for a woman to go from, you know, not making six figures to making six figures to helping them actually accelerate in a relationship or, or, or thrive. Yeah. I'm just curious if there's a connection in any way um, between that. For me, I think there is a correlation. I think that for women of color, we've been conditioned to be able to do everything for mm -hmm. everyone and then put ourselves on the back end. So in our marriage relationship, that looks like putting the needs of my son, putting the needs of my husband, putting the needs sometimes of the ministry or my job ahead of the needs of Susanna. And when that translates, when you have not taken care of that, that shows up in the workplace because you have not been able to clearly articulate your value. You have not been able to clearly uh, set boundaries. And so what I find for so many of our women of color is that they end up doing the jobs of two, three, four people, and they are severely underpaid. Yeah. And so- there's, there's that aspect, right? Then there's the other aspect that because you have not learned to speak through those emotions, those feelings, when something goes awry in the workplace, you're tagged as the angry black girl or the angry br brown girl because you're so passionate about something. And so when I am working with women of color who are trying to get to a six-figure level, there's, le there's different levels of pressure that get once you get into that realm, it's a whole different ball game. Um, and so if you're not able to address some of those mindset blocks, some of those limiting beliefs um, that you always need to fight, that you can't trust anybody, that you have to do it on your own, um, you're going to struggle when you get to that place. So you'll make the paycheck, but it won't be fruitful for you. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I had to learn that I don't need to do everything on my own. There's a reason why I am equipped with being able to hire a team, with being able to delegate. I feel like sometimes women of color, we struggle with that delegation and we fall into the lie of, it's just easier if I do it. When it's not necessarily the case. Yeah, that's so good. Because um, earlier when you were sharing about the height difference and like the height situation with you and your husband, you guys were dating, I thought about like how... He is kind of like the unsung hero of that situation because like it wasn't just a matter of you surrendering your wishes to the Lord and you you having an open heart to somebody who became a great spouse for you. But it was also for him being open to being with somebody who's taller because a lot of guys are not. And I think that like yeah. that scenario... I think it's so much what you shared, like, oh, I want to be able to protect her. I want to feel like, you know, I'm the, I'm the protector, I'm the man, whatever the case is. But I also think, like, 
even the fact that he still wanted you to wear heels because he knew that that was something yeah. that you loved to do. And he was like, oh, I want you to shine. And it sounds like yeah. that's the type of marriage you all have built. It's like, I'm going to support you. Like, I see you killing it at work. I see you chasing your dreams. Like, yeah, I'm going to support you. Yeah, I'm happy that you're making this money because I'm your friend and I love you and I want you to do well. And I feel like that's one of the, that, that entire scenario just encapsulates, like, you can't love somebody better than the capacity that you love yourself. And like the Bible talks mm-hmm. about that, like to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And a lot of times we can't mm-hmm. love other people well, whether it be like in the workplace, but especially of course, in our romantic relationships and just our yeah. families, like um, our family of origin or our kids or like just whoever you live, whoever you live with, like you really can't love those people. Well, as you mentioned earlier, you know, marriage is naked it's very and it's supposed to be that way it's supposed to be vulnerable it's supposed to be open there's supposed to be no secrets financially physically emotionally whatever the case is that that person is supposed to know you inside and out and you're supposed to know them but the reason why that's so scary for so many people and women too is because you're like I don't want anybody to know all of me and that's honestly a lot of reasons why we run from God (laughs) is because we're like he knows me like I don't know. I can't really, I can't really deal with that. Like I can't even face myself. How can I face somebody who who knows everything about me and I have no control, you know, over, over that. Your spouse's marriage is very much that way. Like your spouse, like you mentioned, they notice things about you. Like, Oh, you say this. Did you know that you react (laughs) way every time? You're like, no, I actually didn't know that. Like, this is how I, how I lived my life. And then they're all up in your business. You're like, dang, can you just, chill yeah <laughs> a lot of times it can become 100%. a funny laughing moment it can become like something that you're like okay like maybe I should take that person seriously or if you are unhealthy and you don't love yourself it can become this huge explosive fight and argument and yeah. a rift in your marriage where you're like you're this person is against me you're always criticizing me and it's like yeah. no I just really want you to Number one, I might just be curious about why do you always say my love? Why do you always do this or do that? Right. Uh, or it may be an opportunity for me to help you realizing that's why I'm here. But I think that that's so huge. And I was just thinking about that, you know, 20 minutes ago when you shared about that story. It was like, wow, like we cannot even surrender our lists to the Lord. Mm-hmm. We cannot be mm-hmm. open to options that are around us. And then we can't love ourselves well when we do get there. Because like Tim said, a lot of people who are listening or watching right now, like they're not in a marriage right now because this is a dating podcast, yeah. podcast. But a lot of the things that we've learned that help you have a more enjoyable, fulfilling and healthy marriage, you start flexing those muscles in dating. So as you shared yeah. earlier, like, okay, we wouldn't be able to support each other through the ups and downs of just like differing incomes and things like that if we didn't get to practice that you know when we're dating and Absolutely. so many people it's so funny oh I was listening to something um and these women were talking about three married women they were talking about like women in the church nowadays who are like oh I'm not messing with him because he's this and he's that and he used to date her and he used to do this and he used to go there and she's looking at uh, these these unmarried women like you're not gonna make it <laughs> like if you are just like yes, so critical you're so critical of guys who like have a past or like maybe they have children or something like that and you're just like yeah. so against it and it's like when you get into marriage like you're gonna know everything about this man and you have to be so delicate and that's one of the things that especially women of color as you mentioned because we do go through a lot and there definitely is a stigma yeah. in um 
black and brown cultures of like there's so many single moms not by choice you know people are are, like there's husbands Mm -hmm. jail like people get killed like just horrible things happen but they're like this is what I gotta do like all of us who have moms that are of color we're like my mom is strong we've all seen our moms go through crap Mm -hmm. and like you see her just do what she has to do that's one thing about women of color we're gonna do what we gotta do but oh yeah we're gonna handle business Right. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, to your point, like sometimes we handle things that we don't have to handle um, or handle them for longer than, than we need to because it's kind of like a badge of honor, like an identity of like, I'm wounded, I'm a victim or I'm a survivor yeah. and something things have happened to me. But I think that like we in turn sometimes can like villainize, if that's the right word, men. And we can kind of like yeah like oh you're not doing what you need to do you don't do what I do like I'm like those phrases like oh I'm mom and dad and like things like that and I think that you know at the same time we have women who who have experienced that or who are going through that but they're still believing God for a husband but when a guy comes like kind of through your path or like in front of you your heart is so wounded and so like broken Mm -hmm. that like you don't treat him with with gentleness and like kind of like that femininity yeah. that men are attracted to it's like women kind of are like no you need to be hard like me and you need to like get it together yeah. like me and it's like <laughs> all right I don't know yeah. about that it's not very attractive to me but I think that is something that we we do need to work on as black women yeah. and like yes we've been through hard things and like you know things that happened to you that are not fair um and yeah but like both can be true because it doesn't really work in marriage for you to be so harsh and to be so yeah. like, I don't need help. And um, it hurts your marriage. It hurts the way you view yourself and hurts the way you view, you know, your husband. And I don't think, you know, like Tim said, you guys probably wouldn't have been able to face the different challenges that you faced in the 12 years that you've been married. And even before that, if you were not so like, this is my best friend and, you know, like he's for me. Yeah. And like, I knew that Eric was going to, Eric had a backbone, if you will, um, because he like the biggest person that he had to stand up to in terms of my height and our relationship was his mom Mm. because he, she was very uncomfortable by that. And she, I remember she told me one time, she was like, you and these heels, like, why do you wear these heels? And like, I just got real quiet. Um, because I was like, I, I, I don't know how to respond. And out of like, it was almost like he darted and he was like, ma, I bought her those. Mm-hmm. And I like them very much. And it was at that moment where I was like, you can have my heart. Aww, that's such a good response. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially because we were, we were again, very early in our relationship. I didn't know the dynamic of what this relationship was going to look like between my mother-in-law and I, and my mother-in-law has turned into my mother in love. Um, but a lot of that has happened because my husband was the conduit to clear that path for us, you know? Um, and so for the listeners who are watching, I would, or listening (laughs) or watching, I would say be there. It's one thing to have expectations it's another thing to just allow God to orchestrate things for you. Yeah. Um, so that so that you can be at a place where you're comfortable, where your relationship 
is open and transparent. Um, and for the, the women who are bosses, who want to become bosses, it also has a direct impact to how it happens at home. Because if I adapt that mentality that I have to do everything by myself, um, then I'm robbing my husband from the opportunity to be the, the amazing father that he is. Right. Right. I'm robbing him of the opportunity to flex his discipline muscle uh, with our son when it is necessary. And so that is that is something that, man, did we have to we have to learn, you know, through that process, because not only is marriage um, a place where you are going to grow, but once you introduce a child, Mm -hmm. parenting will test your marriage on a whole nother level. (laughs) So you have to be really clear. Yeah, that's really good. And I heard on, you know, a podcast I was listening to essentially what you all are talking about, how if you're a strong woman, you need a strong man. Yeah. And he was talking Mm -hmm. about how his wife, when they were dating, she came from a situation where she essentially had to provide for the household and raise the sisters. And she was very self-independent. And one of the small things he did uh, to just show his love for her and also just be the man that he wanted to be was he didn't let her open any doors by herself and mm-hmm. like, come up to the car and like try to open the door and he tell her, close the door. I'm going to come around and open it for you. And, you know, she would get upset and she would close it. Mm-hmm. And then like the next time they get in the car, she, before she would touch the handle, but she wouldn't open it. And she'd be like, oh, I'm going to let you open it. And then it gets to the point now where he's looking at him like, where you at? Why you ain't come open my door? And you have that transformation of, I need to do yeah. it for myself to having the soft heart now where you're able to receive that type of love. For you and what you've seen with coaching or just with yourself, for someone listening right now who's like, yes, I am that strong woman, but I, I do want to be loved like that. What are some things mm-hmm. that you suggest that they can do to receive that type of love when it comes their way? When they have a man that wants to love them well, what what can they do to make sure that they don't push him off? Yeah. Yeah. I would say you have to be really self-aware um, in terms of being able to do the work on you before you can expect anyone to lead you, um, to provide for you, to create an environment for you, you have to be really self-aware of what are the things that I like, what are the things that I don't like, um, and then get curious when those things are challenged and you're immediately ready to respond. Um, Because again, once you are tied to someone else, they are likely going to challenge your preconceived notions. Right. And so if you're in your single season right now, um, I would get really clear about what are the things that I enjoy um, and then what are the non-negotiables and what are the things that those are nice to have, but I don't need to have those. Right. Um, And so for me, it was just, okay. I like when I was living by myself, it was like I really could use someone who could help me get organized in terms of like home decor, because I think that I'm Joanna Gaines and I just end (laughs) up with a whole bunch of stuff and don't know where anything goes. So being able to ask for those kinds of things, and that may seem like so minute, but if you're going to make a house a home, it's nice to have someone who can give you that type of insight. Um, If you're in your single season and you were like me and you love to go out to eat, sis, figure out how to cook a meal Uh or three. (laughs) 
Just one little budget <laughs> at a time. Just make a little rice, something. Yes. Yeah. No, but like one of like, for example, one of the things that we do now is I hated cooking. Hated it. Mainly because I was I didn't have anything ready. Both of us were hungry and tired from work. And like the last thing that I wanted to do after working was to stand behind the stove. So what we did was we got curious and we were like, okay, well, we know we can't go out to eat all of the time because that's just not financially wise. What other options are there? So we ended up like we just ended up um, ordering from HelloFresh. And that has been so so wonderful because everything comes prepared. It My comes God. with a recipe card and I don't have to go food shopping. <laughs> everything is in that place where it's just ready. And then it, it becomes something fun for the, for the two of us. It's like, okay, babe, what do you want to have tonight? Do you want to have pork chops or do you want to have steak? Do you want to have, uh, you know, there's, there's just a whole bunch of options, but now it's not so overwhelming and it's not a point of contention. Yeah. yeah, I love that because I think that it's so many times when people hear like, oh, become more self-aware and like kind of like know yourself more or really like what are your weaknesses? What are your needs? Like we kind of shy away yeah. from that. And I'm sure you hear all the time in the corporate world, people ask like in interviews, like, oh, what are your strengths and weaknesses? And people always say, oh, yep. my weakness is that I work too much or that I I, yeah. I don't know how to, <laughs> it's not really a weakness. Yes. It's like something that we really no. want to deny that we have but it is honestly like blindness and you can't get better mm -hmm. if you don't yeah. admit your weaknesses and for that example you just gave like y'all wouldn't be eaten or you just be spending more money than you need to right. out and that's causing honestly more problems so when you ignore right. your weaknesses or you ignore your areas of improvement i'm sure people call them the opportunities yeah. for improvement um you yep. know you're missing out on a chance for your family or your relationship or your team or whatever to have a problem solved. So you don't want to be the weakest link. And a lot of times it does come when we're not honest with ourselves. If we think like, oh, no, I don't have yeah. a problem with this. And it's like, okay, but everybody else around you says, yeah. <laughs> so, you're the problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And like it, again, it, it goes back to being able to be humble, open and transparent. I like, I tell my husband, I'm like, I like for our relationship to be hot. And when people hear me say that, they're like, oh girl, but it's, it's really humble, open and transparent. Like that's, that's what I'm trying to keep right. at. Um, because my background in terms of coming from the Caribbean, my husband should have a hot meal every single night and I should be the one prep prepping it for him. And there's no question about that. But the dynamic back then is very different than the dynamic that we have right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so being again, very self-aware of that and then challenging those preconceived notions that I'm bringing from my background into this relationship. Yeah. That's really good. Cause if you didn't do that work, you could be haunted by the fact that you're not, cooking a hot meal every sure. day and thinking that you're less than as a wife. Some people, it gets to mm -hmm. that when that's just a lie from the enemy and your husband, oh, doesn't that from you. he right. just, he just wants to have food to eat. And that could be hello fresh. Yep. It could be you. It could be Popeye's. It doesn't matter. Just, he was something. <laughs> I think that's so good. Cause so many of us women, we do deal with that again, back to like the delegation thing that you mentioned earlier of like, cause in a way you delegated meal planning to hello fresh. And all you got to do is follow the directions and 
boom, now you all have a meal. But it's if you're not dealing with that, you know, the kind of guilt or the fear of like, okay, well, but, and you mentioned this earlier, what lies have we believed? I love that question. Like that is so good for like all areas of our lives. Honestly, for us to find freedom, because a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves yes. to be something, to do something that God never told us to do, that Come our on. husbands or don't expect. And it's like, I don't really care about that. <laughs> like, I just, that's right. what's talking you out. Like, oh girl, like, we can fix that up real right. quick. Oh, but my mom was like this and all my aunts do this and do that. And it's like, that's, we're not them. You know, like, we don't have their marriage. And like, I think that's just like a good, honest, honest point to bring up for anybody who even has fears about getting married or like will I be a good wife or how will I do this and how will I do that and honestly things will change like I'm sure y'all haven't done HelloFresh for all 12 years but you guys you guys ate right. you know like you made it through and you may not right. do HelloFresh you know for the next 12 years and you'll probably as right. your family and your marriage and your life changes like the solutions to your problems will change. Well, your problems will change Absolutely. and the solutions will change too. I think that like so much for us, like we want to have answers. We want to have that certainty, you know, like, oh, well, how do I make sure that we don't have any problems or that I'm going to be able to do this and be that? And that's where, you know, relying on the Holy Spirit comes in. It's like, God, give us yeah. our daily bread. Like God, God will give us solutions for everything that we need each step of the way. So for anybody watching or listening, who's like, yeah, man, like, 12 years married, like, that sounds good. Like, I don't know that I can do that because, you know, like maybe yeah. you have a divorced family or maybe you feel like, you know, all my relationships in the past have failed. But, I mean, a marriage is not just two people, especially when you're a Christian. It's a man yeah. and, and God. Like, God is there with you, helping you, giving you those solutions. So we don't want anyone to be kind of afraid of, like, taking assessments and taking courses of doing deep work and like being honest with yourself because as you are discovering your weaknesses you know it's not something that you're mm -hmm. supposed to figure out on your own god will help you absolutely and as you were saying that it reminded me of two scriptures um the first is when jesus is telling the disciples that in this world you will have trouble yeah. but take heart because i have overcome the world yeah. and it's a reminder to me especially in our marriage that when we have those rough patches Jesus still promises yeah. that he has overcome and so we have overcome yeah. right and then the other the other aspect to that is is the verse that says um not to get tired of doing good right yeah. not to get weary of doing good for in due season you'll reap a harvest okay. and I think that for many of us we we expect the harvest to happen immediately like as yeah. soon as we put the the seed in the ground yeah. um it's taken us 12 years to get to this point right right so um and so being able again to use the word in practicality for your marriage going into it will really help both of you find level ground yeah no i love that it takes time and that's okay um this has been so good susanna like we really really appreciate it is there any final thought maybe you just gave it with the two verses and that's totally cool if you did yeah. then you just let people know how they can connect with you but if you have a final thought sure. that you want to share with people uh, and also how can they connect with you let them know about the course or whatever else that you want them to know about for sure good absolutely so the the one thing that i want to share is don't let a stage become a state okay and i say this quite a bit don't let a stage of singleness be a 
state where you feel like you live in. Don't let a stage of difficulty be the place where you pitch your tent and now you live in a state of difficulty. Be willing to do the work to refine and to get better. Um, so I hope that that encourages someone. Don't let a stage become a state. And then you can find me on Instagram. I am underscore Susanna Alba. Um, you can find me on TikTok as well. Same handle. I am underscore Susanna Alba. And I, again, I work with women of color who are in mid-level management jobs who are looking to land six figures. And if that is what you're interested in doing and you need help with that, I would be more than welcomed to have a conversation with you and help you uh, to do that and do it with grace, with excellence, uh, and more importantly, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, that's me. I love that. It's your money and relationships right. I love Come it. Come on. Come um, on. It's funny because I think people think about wealth and they don't realize how much God talks about it uh, in the Bible. And it's like wealth and Jesus don't go together. And it's like Jesus had a treasurer to his ministry. Like, what do you mean? No, that's real. <laughs> and they say that like <laughs> Jesus talks about money more than anything else yeah. um, in the Bible. So. I agree with that. And yes, please check out her course. If that is where you find yourself and you're like, look, I know I should be making more money than I am. And you yeah. just push, you need that guidance. She can definitely yeah. help you with that. This has been another episode of the W podcast. We know you got something out of it, whether you're a man and you need <laughs> to get over being short, whether you're a woman and you need to allow a man to uh, love you yeah. and soften your heart. There's something that was valuable mm-hmm. in this week's podcast. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for watching this video. To get more Christian relationship advice, subscribe to our channel. And make sure you check out our other videos as well.